0: Happy hump day, you savages. Greg Medford from going there with Greg. Here we are. (laughs) Coming to you guys live from Phoenix, Arizona, right from the Shackery. I just had my third knee injection of goo so that maybe there's no grinding noise in my knee anymore and I can uh, get back to snowboarding. And uh, my doctor told me, he said, Uh, Greg, I have a couple recommendations. I said, yeah, doc, what do you got for me? He said, well, you know, uh, I think you could probably... uh, Pull back on the gluten in your diet it would help some of the swelling. And I uh, would uh, like to prescribe you to dial back on the fat fuck status. You could lose some weight. That'd probably be good for you. I said, What'd you say? He said, Well, I've watched some of your videos, so just you know, dial back on being such a fat fuck. I said, Well, holy shit, Doc. All righty then. Fair enough. <laughs> so I had my third injection this morning and uh, my knees responded really nicely. So I'm kind of stoked about it. Um. So today, uh, we're gonna talk about a couple things that are pressing in the news, and the greater implications of it. Um, our guest in today, uh, is uh, Adam Stevens. He's a uh, politically active here in Arizona. Uh, the group that he's with, is, um, is the uh, Arizona Strategic Partners, and they have clients and are trying to promote an America first type conservatism and uh, I thought it would be great to have him in and talk a little bit about their mission and then uh, I'll let him plug his thing and then we're going to dive right into you know what I think are the big topics of the day I think not only are they the big topics of the day they're also they're bellwethers they're weather vanes, if you will for what the next three years is going to look like what the midterms are going to be about and what The presidential campaign of 2024 is going to look like we're going to talk about three things today we're going to talk about vaccine mandates we're going to talk about the arizona recount and we're going to talk about the great purge of 2021 uh and 2022 that's coming up so without much further ado adam why don't you come on in and have a seat with us How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Doing well. All right, you all saddled up there. You good? You comfy?
1: I think we're good to go. Good
0: and comfy. All yeah. right. So, uh, so before we dive right into it, tell us a little tiny bit about uh, how long you've been doing the political activism that you're doing right now.
1: Uh, in Arizona since 2003. Okay. So about 18 years.
0: All right. And is that that's full time? What you do is work with candidates on their. Tell me, give me an idea what you do. I'm I'm not totally sure.
1: Yeah, no. So what we do is provide for our candidates a full operational scope of what they would need to be a successful candidate. So that's from fundraising to your organization, walking doors, knowing who the voters are and where they live, you know, all that stuff that in all honesty, the average person hates, which is seeing all the signs polluting the size of the streets, you know, the guy knocking on the door, asking for your vote. We provide them all the resources they need to be successful.
0: Okay. Um, so, uh, if I came to you and said, I want to run for governor, mm-hmm. would you know how to kind of, kind of set that up? Yeah. All right. Be... Well, let's take some notes. That's it right. sounds, sounds perfect. All right, cool. Cause it's kind of fun. It will giving people an idea of what you do.
1: Yeah. No, this is great.
0: All right. So I want to run for governor. Let's see what your, when, when's the next time I can run?
1: Uh, would be in 2022.
0: That's too soon. I can't put a campaign together that quickly.
1: Right. Uh, we could, but Donald Trump already, you know, endorsed one candidate, so okay. I would tell you it'd be an uphill battle for any other conservative.
0: Okay, cool. So what would be the the next year that I can run? would be 2026. 2026. So I, I have got five years to kind of get my shit together for this. Yes. Okay, so how much of my own money do I need to do this?
1: So Arizona politics in the last four to six years has gotten exponentially more expensive.
0: All right, because so, all the Democrat money that's swarmed into the state?
1: Right and then you could say Republican. that's
0: swarm and swamped. Swarmed.
1: Yes. Oh, it's horrible.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me how it much.
1: It is horrible. So you'd be looking at needing for governor anywhere from, you'd need to have seven to 10 million cash on hand to be functional.
0: Okay. Now is that, uh, like my, my money I need to show up with with a checkbook or that's what I need to find a way to raise
1: or combination of both. So you would either have to be able to raise it, which comes through networks, and that's usually where you get these career politicians, because if you've spent twenty got years, the you got twenty years in, in or more, and it's who are the donors, who are the interest groups. Who are so
0: the, what if I have two million bucks ready to go? I had a I had a group come to me and said, "We'll give you two million bucks to run for." That'd be a
1: hell of a great start. All right, because it would scare a lot of people out. Because when you if you have that ability to launch with that kind of money, right, what you're doing is you're setting a bar for. It's like showing up else.
0: with that lawyers. Yeah. Okay. You
1: intimidate the, the non serious candidates.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, so I had this group talk to me. They they uh, propositioned me and said, Hey, uh, they I had I met them at this restaurant. I had to go in the back way. They had a private room for me. These oh, good fellows. Group fellas. of lawyers sat down and fucking grilled me, mm-hmm. and uh, and then kind of gave him you know their two cents. And, uh, and then, uh, and then another group out of California came to me actually out know Northern California and said, Hey, you know, we'd like to put together money for you to run for governor. And I said, well, how much they said, we'd like to have you show up to the game for 2 million bucks. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's starting to sound like kind of, that's starting yeah. to sound serious.
1: Yeah, no, that that's a serious start.
0: Okay, yeah. cool. So 2026, I need seven to 10 million. Maybe I start with two, raise the rest. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Because what will happen is when you put in that kind of money, yeah. it shows everybody else. Okay. If nothing else, you're serious enough about yourself to invest in yourself right. with that kind of money.
0: Got it. Um, and, and, and so give me just a real quick, let's do yeah. like a quick executive overview. Tell me what you would tell me I need to do to run.
1: Okay. So the first thing you'd have to do, I tell every candidate, identify who your base voter is.
0: Okay. Who's the, my base?
1: Uh, someone with, with your background, I would say it's your veteran community. It's people who care about self-defense rights. So that's knife rights, gun rights, uh, people who care about business rights. That would be the initial, that would be your initial core. Okay. I would say to figure out your messaging, to get them to understand that Greg Medford is the guy Got if it. they care about those issues. Cool. So we identify those people, Okay. then we introduce them to you.
0: How do you do that?
1: That's a combination of showing up either to your local, not your big chamber of commerce events. Although as a governor candidate, yes, you, there's a time to meet those folks. But you're talking about meeting your local business owners. Your so local. it's
0: showing up to the VFW gatherings. It's exactly. showing up to the, that's the veteran stuff. It's showing up to the 2A get togethers. Yep. And it's your local get, like
1: have... Scottsdale Chambers of Commerce, your Deer Valley Chambers of Commerce, your Mesa Chamber. That's what it is. It's meeting those local people so that you have that personal connection. Okay. Because a lot of times governor candidates will think so high level executive that they almost think it's beneath them to do that. Right, I raise a bunch of money, show up on Fox News, on OAN, on Newsmax, look good, sound good, and that's it.
0: But as a guv- governor, a gubernatorial candidate here, you're basically still a straight up in the trenches local player.
1: You should be if you want. I yeah. think if you want to be, I call it the unsexy blocking and tackling of politics. Oh, I totally
0: like that. That's kind of like right up my alley too. Yeah. Sleeves rolled up. Yeah. Can just, you run? Can I listen? If I become governor, can I wear a T-shirt once I'm governor?
1: Your governor, I'd like to see who would tell you not to.
0: Okay, excellent. Moving on. Uh, We've got these three groups identified and uh, how to kind of reach out to them. What's next? Mm-hmm.
1: So then what you would do is you would actually then find those voters. You'd pull the data, say district by district. So there's 30 legislative districts. It's the easiest way to break it down. And then you would identify people in those districts who support you. And then we kind of grassroots it out from there. So if you've got a group of, say, 10 people in a district that could then say, I know my local community really well. I know the local Republican activists, I know the people, I know where you wanna put your signs, what neighborhoods you wanna focus on, where voters are, where they turn out. We then pull that data. And in this regard, as as much as I hate to say it, it's something that we've learned from the left, is to embrace the fact that if we can know who we're talking to, we cannot waste time. So then what you do is you're walking doors, you're knocking on doors, your team is walking and knocking on doors so you,
0: so you got to find volunteers to be willing to jump into this. You got to have your volunteers. How many volunteers do I need?
1: Statewide, I would say I, I my rule of thumb is for a statewide you need at least 10 to 15 people per district times 30.
0: All right, so you need 450 people.
1: Yeah you need an, you need an army to be effective.
0: And then, how do most people find those? Do they pay them, or do they uh, are these precinct activists that they go and engage and get a, kind of on their bandwagon, and then yeah,
1: these are PCs. Engage them? These are PCs. These are people who know you from your your network. People who know Greg Medford and say, "I know him and I like him." Um, That's
0: not a lot of people right now.
1: But you know, small and loyal. You got a loyal group. You don't okay. need a big army. Just okay. a Loyal platoon. Okay. And so. What and you- how long do you need
0: these for? How long does a campaign last for a gubernatorial campaign here in Arizona?
1: Usually it's about a year to year and a half process.
0: Okay. So 12 to 18 months, it's like presidential.
1: Yeah. And then what I tell, what I always advise is the way I say it is the less you ask an individual person to do, the more they'll do for you. Because a lot of these volunteers, they've still got their regular nine to five job, or if they're a small business owner, you know, like you or me, you work 24 seven. Right so what you have to do is take that into consideration so you can't ask one person i need you to walk doors and make phone calls and do this you'll burn them out so
0: this is why um lots of famous people and personalities media personalities are the ones who actually run for office these days and are having a great deal of success because they walk in with face and name recognition
1: oh yeah that that's one of the biggest unspoken advantages that donald trump had in 2016 right was everyone knew who he was all of you could say the negatives that he did have right that the democrats thought they could capitalize he just on, had
0: total exposure
1: it was built in yeah so for people who are saying donald trump can be you know a bit of an asshole sometimes but we knew that already for 40 years
0: right right everyone knew like right. okay he's um, known for that uh by the way he's from new york
1: yeah no, <laughs> i'm from there too i mean it's like. And i tell people who are from New it's like, easy
0: for city people to be assholes to seem like that to the rest yeah. of the country well see
1: what i tell people is i grew up in new york so to me i understood his personality yeah i understood where he was me coming too from. he
0: didn't offend me one bit no uh, and, and and not that i'm like i'm easily offended but he no. didn't have, his way that he talks and his way that he says stuff he do, it doesn't it. offend me because i've been around that so much yeah,
1: i grew up with guys like that yeah you know who you just understand okay you know you, you take him seriously you don't take him li- you don't take everything literally
0: so Uh, so now I'm, I'm kind of friends with the Trumps and, uh, that helps to get an endorsement from him, obviously.
1: Oh yeah. No, his endorsement right now is the number one endorsement in Republican politics.
0: Got it. Now, uh, after I, tell me what else do I need to do here? Do, do, I got to hire a campaign manager, right?
1: Uh, so it's, it's recommended most campaigns. If you try to do it yourself as a candidate. And this is the one thing that a lot of business owners will run into.
0: This is like a lawyer representing themselves. Not not necessarily the best thing. Right. Got it.
1: Yeah. Because what happens is you get so invested in the minutia: are the colors of the signs right? Is this right? Is is are the buttons working right, on the right. website? You're wasting time.
0: No, that's not. That's actually not executive. That's not good executive role to be doing that either. You should right. be designating delegating that to right. to sharp folks.
1: So I tell people this: which, what a good campaign will have, a good candidate will have is a campaign manager who is the best way I can describe a campaign manager really is a sergeant. Okay. Right. You're not, you are making sure the trains run on time that everything is working at an operational level. And then what you also have then would be a, what's considered a general consultant who is sort of your chief of staff. So there's an ability then to have a conversation about where you are fundraising, where you are with messaging, you know, are, are you, your media? And,
0: and your consultant, what kind of person is this going to be? Is this going to be a politico? Somebody who knows, is this an issue person? Or I,
1: I tend to consider them something like a, a Sherpa. It's someone who knows the lay of the land and can kind of tell you like, hey, we can do it this way or we can do it that way. My general philosophy has been, I'll give a candidate options and be like, here's how we can accomplish what you want. Yeah. And then I always tell the candidate, the, the last option is always if you want to, Drive off a cliff, you know. I'll advise you not to do it, but if that's what you want to do as a client, we can drive off the cliff. Just don't complain when we crash.
0: Got it. This consultant person, who is this? What do they normally do?
1: So they are usually the one who is making sure. No, that...
0: I mean, where, where do I find this person? Who are they? Like, uh, so are, who... are these typically lawyers? Are these typically political local political operatives who would like been in the trenches for yeah. years? So you've got people they've worked like... on four different campaigns, so they kind of know the where the bodies are buried, kind of people.
1: Yeah, it, it's that. So you have like so our company provides both management and consulting services all in-house. Um, and we've got our, we have, uh, I consider I'll, I'll brag on us a little bit, we have a great local network, but then also a national network. So we can scale up or down for our clients. Okay. And so, yeah, what it comes from is just years of experience winning and losing. Cause I'm sure, you know, this in business, if you're smart about it, you can learn more from screwing up than when you're successful because when you're successful you say okay it worked you don't pay as much attention to the mistakes you made sure sure when you know i mean i've been involved in campaigns where we've lost by 200 300 votes and those will kill you because right. you'll sit there and you'll right. say that's seven other homes right all you know, we needed
0: all we needed to do is work harder one afternoon that's frustrating yeah. yeah
1: and those are the ones where you just you know you sit up at night
0: so yeah. so um, the manager doesn't necessarily need to be a politico, they just need to be a great logistics and support orchestration kind of person. Right. Or eh, good for them to be a politico also.
1: Right. So if your campaign manager is not someone that has a lot of political experience, that's where you need a consultant that can then at least help provide some kind of a backstop. Okay. Because there are differences where if you...
0: Do you know Carrie Lake's campaign? I know, yes. Who's the gal walking around with her? Is that her campaign manager?
1: I believe so, but I, I, I believe so.
0: Okay. Um, I'm 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 just curious to see what the backgrounds are of these folks that are running along with these dudes, you know?
1: Yeah. So I think generally what you can see from a candidate is candidates will tend to hire consultants and campaign teams that match their own ideology because you have to be able to have a simpatico relationship because right. what you don't want to do is but where have do you a-
0: find them are they picking them from their personal lives i mean what, pe- i'll give you an example like this uh the the energy uh exec ceo from uh alabama uh, okay
1: uh, the jim big, big guy jim Lehman?
0: yeah he's was he running for governor or secretary of state or what's he running for he's running for u.s senate he's running for u.s senate okay um how did, how did he put his team together are they from his professional cadre and he pulled them in
1: or from my understanding it's partly that and partly just you know, when you come in with a lot of money, which, from my understanding, is what Jim Lehman did. Yeah. When you, to the point of, like, if you came in with a $2 million check, mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to say, okay, who's Greg Medford? Right. And you bring in that kind of money, and you're going to start meeting a whole lot of new friends. Right? Oh, right, and People right. and say, okay, yeah, yeah. hey, for, for $2 million, I can Some I can come for, for the mo-
0: Some come for the money, some come for the serious.
1: Right. And right. there's always, what I tell every person is this, in politics especially, because yep. it's a, it is... A snake bit. It is. And what I would explain is this. You have friends who are with you when no one knew who you were. Mm-hmm. These are the ones who will take your phone call at two o'clock in the morning right. and talk about whatever you want to talk about for an hour. And then you have the other people after you get elected. Your jokes are funnier, you're taller, you've never Sycophants. looked better. Yeah. And the smart people in office remember that. They understand the difference. And they know who to keep around them and who not to? the ones who go sideways are the ones who all of a sudden believe now that they're in
0: they're the funniest guy in the world yeah yeah okay those are the ones that go sideways all right so people stop hearing the truth and they're drunk with power drunk with they're enamored with popularity okay
1: people tell you you're awesome and when you get into office and you no longer have to pay for dinners because those get covered and you got all your lunches and you're you know and, and you you stop having like that certain connection with reality
0: right yeah yeah that's not my style
1: no, well, that's, and then if you keep that, that, that authenticity is what I think most voters nowadays are looking for. I,
0: I think so too. I think so too. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about a few things going on. So, thanks for my free political advice. I appreciate that. That'll yeah, it's be... worth what you pay for. All right, cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about kind of the three big things going on uh, in the uh, kind of national political landscape and certainly in the Arizona landscape. Let's talk about the vaccines for a minute. Okay. So, the Governor Doug Ducey's uh, vaccine, um, uh, his, what do you call it? His protection against mask mandates. Yeah. Was overturned by a rogue leftist uh, judge. Yeah. Um, tell me, what, what do you think the fall of that's going to be?
1: I think half this country, and, and this is just my personal mm. opinion on it.
0: That's all I'm going to ask for.
1: Yeah. The half this country, sadly, in a year, showed how quickly they will hand over their civil liberties mm-hmm. we had always assumed as americans that it would take a lot more than than what just it took to to hand that over
0: never takes anything but fear right it was fear of the japs in 1942 it was fear mm-hmm. of the communists yeah. they slow fear um now they're working the fear of COVID. and the best thing about it is um, they can trump it up whenever they and, want. They can they can they can spool it up again whenever they like.
1: No, I, I think it, it directly if you look at I think the spikes in in covid rates when the media reports on it is almost directly tied to whether or not the democrats have had a good or bad week in the news. If, you know, you have, you know, 13, you know, brave marines die in Afghanistan. Yep. So now all of a sudden we got to be concerned about college football games as super spreader events. Cuz, you know, cuz the only thing that keeps Joe Biden away from a 10% approval rating is the media.
0: Right. They're blocking for him and truly cock blocking uh, in the worst way.
1: Oh, no. I, I would say this they are the best offensive line a quarterback could ever want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which would be that.
1: I mean, he does not get touched unless they want him to. And they did it for two weeks when Afghanistan was just a unholy dumpster fire. They had to talk about it. And his numbers dropped. And I think they realized if we keep doing this, he's going to be, we're going to do irreparable harm.
0: Well, the, the thing is, is, they they've done themselves this is what this is what people who are power hungry and above all else fail to calculate they fail to calculate a lot of times the bigger game so they ran a candidate and tucked him in the closet instead of running a real candidate they ran somebody and tucked him in the closet and they they just got lucky the problem is um everybody sees that there was a bunch of Real collusion to make it happen. After they cried collusion with Russia for four years, yeah, there was projection. a real, there was yeah, projection. There was real collusion to make it happen. It couldn't have ever happened without a complicit media, right? Um, it couldn't have ever happened without basically everyone agreeing to sit on their hands and ask no questions.
1: Yeah, well, that but that's the thing is, is that well, so quickly to 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 answer your first question and then to that point, the thing with the mask mandate, I believe what I'll call true Americans. Are on their last nerve we want to go back to normal normal was not that long ago that we don't remember right and i think that this country's biggest tear up is going to be over those who are okay handing their papers over right. to the government right and those of us People like myself who personally, you know, grandson of Holocaust survivors, I'm not handing papers over.
0: You know, I, I thought about this like the Holocaust so much because yeah. I, I remember the first time I was at a concentration camp, I went to out and yeah. I didn't do it the German way. I didn't do it through the cool museum. And then there. I walked through the woods over where they were excavating the train tracks. I walked through mm-hmm. the iron gate that said bike Mach Frei. Yeah. then i went over to the shave your head and de louse You building mm-hmm. and i was trying to walk through it the way it would have been yeah. and i was trying to like kind of drink in the feel of it yeah. and i was fucking pissed afterwards because on the outside everyone's like oh the germans didn't know what was going on they <laughs> it, was, did. it was fucking they fucking knew what was going on oh it was God. on the other side of the fence for christ's sake the town yeah. is right there it was yeah. in it was almost in town
1: yeah no there was no no way around that and the, the crazy thing about it was i remember as a kid, I used to ask my grandfather, "Why didn't Why didn't anyone fight back?" And it's a funny Whoa. thing. I used to ask, him, "Why didn't anyone That's a fight?" Big question, back? right? Because I was, you know, five, six, seven mm-hmm. years old, and it's a natural question. You know, someone's picking on you like that, you just swing. You know, and and he used to say, and it's a, a more of a Second Amendment answer, but he used to say, "With what were we going to fight with?" He would say, "What am I going to do? Throw a punch at a prison guard who got a submachine gun, or or I'm going to throw a rock at a at a you know." mark 3 panzer You're I, will, like, I will
0: tell you it's hard to keep 10,000 people in a camp even if they're unarmed uh if they haven't been in some way or another Broken. castrated yeah. uh and 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 that's the uh that's the biggest thing you know I look at anybody now who's of Jewish descent uh who's compliant to this and I go hey 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 this could uh, wouldn't you want to wear a star next you yeah. know and and then uh uh, you think about black people uh, being compliant. And I go, you know, they've done tests on black people before. That's sterilized- what
1: BLM is complaining about now. <laughs> yeah. They're saying this is all illegal yeah. and racist.
0: And I'm going, I'm going, yeah, you know, it's funny how they're starting to devour their own. It seems like the natural state of man, now that we've tasted freedom, you know, for thousands of years, we didn't have freedom. We yeah. had global enslavement. There was global suppression of freedom you were a subject in every country in europe you were a subject of a king right and all across asia for thousands of years kings kings and emperors and 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 all of a sudden 1776 a group of rabble rousers in north america say actually it doesn't need to be that way and they kind of redrawn the narrative but i think now that the the genie's out of the bottle you can't put it back in And the problem is out of any group of people, there are safety oriented and there are freedom oriented people. And I think there's more safety oriented than freedom, but they don't have as big an impact when, when it gets down to it, because when it gets down to opposing, the freedom people will go batshit crazy.
1: Well, I think the difference also is that your freedom based people, unlike your, your safety based people, I would say at their foundation, there's a degree of fear. Right. That when things get tough, when things get rough, they withdraw, they withdraw. Yeah. And what, but what scares me about them in the compliance is you think about this, right now there's talks about your vaccine passport, vaccine, you know, card, your papers.
0: But let's say it right, your papers. Exactly, yeah, think, Yeah. Mm-hmm. papers piece. Yeah. bit mm.
1: Right, so what you got then is what you'll have is think about how not far a leap it is with the thought process of those on the left today to say we need proof that you don't have COVID. Next it's gonna be we need proof that you don't have these sicknesses, then it's going to be eventually for public health and safety. If you have any of these sicknesses, you can't have a child.
0: This isn't crazy. It's actually not a big leap because nobody would have believed what we're seeing right now two years ago. So then
1: you go from, you can't have that to there. We're going to now be able to decide who can and can't have children. This is not a major, massive leap when you're looking at A year and a half ago, if I told you what was going to happen, you'd say it was nuts.
0: Let's do a leap between here and there, because that is the Civil War time. And between here and there is another thing, and it's happening right now. And it's really what I wanted to talk about today. So the left has become a party that is less engaged with the working class and is more engaged with the elitist media Hollywood tech class, okay? Right. And they're still using the sales pitch of voter suppression because they want black people voting for them, right. and they're still using the working man union bullshit because they still want the union money. Right. But they're not a party that identifies very well with Americans. In no, my they've opinion.
1: aggressively actually gone for what I will call you know the San Francisco blue hair yeah. you know, lesbian yeah. you know, vote and 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 that's kind of where they are aggressively going is for these small marginal groups so
0: you, but you still have these legacy voters who believe it's still the old traditional democrat party which was always still a, a very pro-american red white and blue party that was working class and they're they're the legacy voters who are still voting that way but they don't know they're in a different car now they're in a clown car they used to be in a club car now they're in a clown car right but what i see going on is something crazy i see they are purging the federal ranks which is the largest employment sector in the, in in america largest employer in the world actually right They are purging the ranks of conservatives, and they're purging their ranks of patriots, and they're purging their ranks of free thinkers. And And, they're
1: using the mandate, this vaccine mandate. Oh, I know. They're using it as that that smoke-out tool.
0: Yeah, and so they're saying it's for your safety, but it's really turned into a political tool. Take a look at what's going on. You know, when a legislator sits down to pass any law, or uh, a governor sits down to enact or a president sits down to enact any law. They are always thinking about when it gets down to it, you know, they're sitting around with their consultants and they usually have some lawyers involved, right. you know, six out of 10 people in politics are attorneys at one, at one point in their career or another. And they get feedback on how do we implement this law? Like, what's this actually going to do? Right. Because they're, they're conscious of unintended consequences. So they're trying to think it through, I think.
1: Yeah. You know, some Sometimes. You
0: hope. Right, so they 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 go to think through some extreme laws, and I know seasoned political operatives go, yeah, no, the sheriffs in America will never enforce that. we We shouldn't even waste time passing that 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 won't get enforced. There is a little bit of in the back of everyone's mind, no, we won't get away with that
1: well because
0: because you, a- you gotta you gotta enforce when you pass a law the, these people out there who enforce the laws. They're the people who don't want to take the shots right now.
1: Well, and, and think of this from a crazy, from a historical perspective in our country. If you think of the anti-federalists when we were writing up mm-hmm. the Constitution, mm-hmm. they were the ones who said, hey, what about 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or 100 years down the road? What if we just put in these bill of rights? Just just write them down. Put them there. Maybe we don't need to. Maybe we should. History says maybe we should. What do you think? And there was still an argument i mean you had people who made the argument back then Ah, no one's gonna you know we don't that would need to never happen that'll that never happen. happen and and, and, and it was it
0: was more than that they said um fuck you we want nothing to do with this constitution without bill of rights it wasn't like hey let's try it out they were like hey fuck you no way
1: yeah no well because you look at like patrick henry we always remember him give me liberty give me death mm-hmm. there's so much more to patrick henry that right. i think right now conservatives in this country should be looking to what he talked about which was that the constitution if not, if the institution is not protected and we don't defend it, the Constitution could become the very weapon used to deny your freedoms and opportunities mm-hmm. because we're giving the federal government a lot of trust with this new system of government yeah. if we, the American people, don't stay on top of it. But to your point, yeah, I mean, like, it was incredible what they, what they fought for.
0: So I have a lot of friends who are in the CBP right now. And I have a lot of friends who are in federal law enforcement and military sure. just because of my lifetime, my life, the people I've chosen sure. to stay close with, and the business I'm in. And the most conservative, most patriotic, most country-loving folks are losing their jobs. And, and they're in the threat of losing their job right now. So it's basically bend the knee. It, it really isn't about yeah. public safety because we know there are breakout Viruses break up variants. We know yeah. that SARS coronavirus type viruses. We haven't been able to get rid of the seasonal flu in fifty years of um, you know national vac- vaccine right. um, execution.
1: Um, well, according to the data that we have, it was thirty eight million cases last right, year. Right now, a there's eighteen hundred now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Somehow we did that.
0: So, um, I, I guess what I'm, I guess my point is, they're decimating the ranks of a quiet armed group of people who were within the government who were for the people. They're getting rid of
1: them. Yeah, no, and and it's, and this is where I think one conversation that never gets talked about is we're basing our current civil service structure on a very old system that predates 1900. Right. And I would hope at some point that Republicans, I would hope, you know, knock on wood, would get together and say that the best way we can fix that, if there's an interest in fixing it, is to say we need to restructure how this works. Because right now, uh, I had a conversation once with uh, former Secretary of the Interior Ryan Zinke, who was with the Trump administration. And Ryan Zinke talked about the fact that when he came into the Interior, most of the people there, he could not fire because of their federal protections, the federal union, all that stuff. So he said the only thing he could do would be to try and shift people around to put them in positions where they couldn't impede because about 35% of your federal workforce is aggressively working to sabotage any conservative attempt at, you know, and it's more than 35% that doesn't agree with you because 94% of DC voted for Hillary Clinton close to about the same number voted for joe biden and dc has always been 90 plus percent democrat so you have that
0: absolute power corrupts absolutely
1: yeah and that's your and that's your dc labor force right that's that's that and so you've got to be able to figure out how to crack that nut if you want to from the inside make those changes.
0: you know i look at it right now and and i honestly i'm i'm for the very first time i'm a little uh I'm, I'm feeling a little hopeless in this regard, okay? You got a billionaire fucking baller makes it into the White House, Thank okay? You. If you're ever going to affect change, this was, the, I've never seen any better opportunity. Whether you like no. him or don't like him, whether you right. don't like his tweets or his fucking hair or whatever.
1: Get, yeah, I tell people, get over that.
0: We've never, ever had a disruptor-in-chief go in to say enough and take the whip out and whip his way through the temple, kicking kicking yeah. over tables going hey this is dysfunctional It's crooked and they got rid of him
1: no well they, they it was look if the, the... what do, if he didn't have a chance who's how do we do this well i think it it's the that's the hardest question i think the the what you can do is obviously if he runs again i would tell every republican or anybody who's just sick and tired of this and i had a, a friend who had these um little joe biden stickers like i'd rather pay you know a dollar 99 for gas with mean tweets mm-hmm. and he's been sticking them on every yeah. you know gas on yeah. gasoline nose but i think what we'd have to do is we can't give up because like it can always be worse you never i mean like as bad as it feels like it is now you could end up like china you could end up where where you have a government that says here's your iphone here's your car Here's your nine-to-five job. Here's your food and just shut up and get out of the way.
0: Like I'll give you, I like to travel. I like to do business all over the world. I yeah. won't even leave I won't even leave town now. I won't even get into an airplane. I don't want to have some girl who's a glorified cocktail server who knows how to open the doors, telling me how I have to be, telling me how I have to wear my mask. No, you need to get tightly around your face, tightly around your nose. I'm done. I don't, I don't, I I want, I don't want people telling me what to do. And there are enough people like me, you know, they're shutting down our freedom. They're shutting down our travel. They're shutting down everything. They say it's for your safety and it's not, they're not honest. Look at what's going on in the Scandinavian countries. They're opening back up, dropping, dropping all restrictions. Um, and they didn't have this panicked overreactive uh, insane response and lockdown or, or, or safety or all else.
1: Isn't it funny that the Democrats in this country will tell you that we should look to Scandinavia for their healthcare system, right? That was always what they said. Even Bernie Sanders. Yep. Look at Scandinavia. It's great. Don't, and, But, but now, don't look but at don't, how they manage their now, health
0: in this crisis. No,
1: right now, don't look. Right yeah. now, look to Canada. Look to Britain. You know, don't talk about China because we don't want to talk about them, even though we know exactly where it came from and all that. Don't want to talk about that. But I think it's what's fascinating, though, is, to your point about them eating their own, right? You had, uh, what's it, Stephen Colbert had a nervous breakdown when Jon Stewart comes on and says, we know where it came from, right? And he has that nervous breakdown. You have people like Nicki Minaj, for the love of God, I mean, it's eventually, I think, people are starting to realize there's there's a lot of bullshit to this yeah and i think i forget i think it was ronald reagan i forget who it was who had said that to assume that you can like the american people are not that dumb they're they're not
0: no we're not dumb at all we're actually if anything we're big (laughs) good natured to a to a fault
1: Right. You know, it's like Winston Churchill used to say, the American people will always do the right thing after exhausting all the wrong ones. Yeah. After
0: after exhausting all the wrong possibilities. Yeah.
1: We'll eventually get it right. Yeah. And I think that that's, but I think to get over that feeling of hopelessness, um, because I remember in 2012, when we all thought there was no way this country is going to reelect Barack Obama, right? And maybe it took that kind of shaking up because that's what got us Donald Trump. Right that's what god is right. donald trump. right. and i think to some degree what we have to be able to do is continue to rattle that cage because i think the american people should understand those of us who care about this country want to fight for its freedom defend its our values. saving this country is not a 9 to 5 job. saving this no, country it's almost
0: a calling. it's almost a religious calling.
1: being involved is more than just checking in like you're checking in on a football score on right. your phone. right. you have got to get if you want it to change, you have to turn the wheel. Charlie Kirk
0: said something awesome. Uh, yeah. I was at one of the turning point rallies that the Trump family got us front row seats at, and I was sitting there with friends and family. And have you been to any, of have you been oh, to yeah. Trump? You know, yeah. I just it's sat four like ten, five. Ten, front, 10 feet in front of him so many times and listened to him talk. And I'm like, okay, uh, I, I love this guy and I love oh. everything about him. Charlie Kirk said, Um, people said, you know, he said, he gets asked all the time by people, what can you do? And he said, give till it hurts. He said, he said, he goes, I don't mean financially. He goes that too. He goes, but give till it hurts. If what you're, if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was the most profound thing. Um, you know, this hurts my business doing this. It hurts me. I get it. helps me in some way too. Um, you know, but it hurts me. I've been, I've had uh, Google come after me. I've had Google go after my customers threatening if they don't drop me they'll make them disappear online. I've had I um, believe it. I I've had all kinds of crazy stuff. I've been suppressed in every way imaginable. I've been kicked off every social media uh, outlet for basically just asking questions. Just Socratic method. Like, "Hey, that doesn't make sense. Hey, why are we doing this?" And now you're not even allowed You know what's funny? I do my videos, I do these podcasts, and I watch it live on YouTube, so I can kind of see comments, and it shows you the comments that the algorithm of YouTube is censoring. Have you seen that?
1: No, I have not seen that before.
0: So what you'll do is um, we'll have these comments while we're talking, and it will be blocking them from being seen, and they're mostly just critiquing the Biden administration. Nothing, they're not even making an they're just saying, you know, Biden's so stupid. They this, that, and the other, and they and they critique their they, yeah. and then I have to approve the comment. So they're just
1: flagging critique. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's 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 when you can't think anymore. I mean, it's it's the old quote from Joseph Stalin. You know, he used to say ideas are more dangerous than guns. And if we're not going to allow our people to have guns. Why would we let them have ideas? Yeah. And you think about it and this is the direction where the Democratic Party they sit here and they say does every everyone should remember the Democrats before 2016 told Donald Trump you're losing accept it he won. And then they said the electoral college which they hadn't bitched or moaned about forever was now racist and it was wrong. We have to get rid of it. Right. Then they complained all through the 2020 election about the electoral college because they thought once again, they would win the popular vote because of California and New York, but they would lose the electoral college. Then they win the electoral college. I have not heard one peep about the racist undertones of the electoral college since they think they won.
0: Yeah, no, they're whiners. They're just fucking whiners. Um, you know, what's interesting. I, I, uh, uh, and that leads us right into our next thing was going to be talking about the uh, recount in Arizona. Yeah. Um, do you, in your local uh, goings on, your local network of people, have you heard a lot of behind the scenes chat about it?
1: Uh, actually, yeah. So one one of the people that, that we are working with is Mark Fincham, who is a conservative candidate for the secretary of state. And so, and he was the one that Donald Trump actually endorsed. And what we've been seeing is the fact that It's obvious that whatever, however, exactly it happened, which is still what the attorney general now is investigating is Mm -hmm. exactly, it's like, how did the body get killed? You know, we now know it, it was killed. Now, how'd they do it? And that's what really what his job is, is to investigate it. And what we've seen is clearly there's a laundry list of stuff that we need brave people locally, to say, dead people shouldn't be voting. You it, know. It, you
0: know the thing is, it, it's death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Um. You know what I I read the report and I listened to it from start to finish, and I was confused. I was like, well, it says there's twenty thousand duplicate votes. What does that mean? If there's twenty thousand now, so I know if there's a if there if they get a mail-in ballot that's got a discrepancy, or it's been torn or folded. They make a duplicate of it right uh there's lots of it's very confusing and then epic times super i think it's it would be billed as a middle of the road news organization but they're they're basically in opposition to the mainstream media they're like hey that's not what happened this is really like more what happened so they seem really conservative but i actually don't think they're that conservative they're like yeah it looks like maybe a thousand votes in total in the wrong direction that was their take on it and i was like huh and then you read all the mainstream media and they say it was biden a- gain votes right so i guess you know i got it i i have some thoughts about it one good like if if it's true good the problem is i don't think we have a uh, consistency problem i think we have an accuracy problem i think we are consistently inaccurate and mostly in one direction Oh yeah, and and so they're calling that normal. Except candidates win a lot of times by one percent, and we're oh, yeah. seeing the area, the error, the little inconsistencies, the loopholes, the um, the, um, uh, the the lack of currency on lists. How many people left Maricopa County and voted in their in their next address because they oh. were real good at getting ballots out? Oh, yeah. you know. So I read it, and it was inconclusive to me. You know, in stark terms, I didn't know what a lot of the stuff truly meant. If there's this many duplicates, there's 20,000 or so duplicates, that's bigger than the margin of the election loss victory. Right. So doesn't that mean it's substantive? And then you talk to them they say, well, no, when there's duplicate made, they destroy the original or they staple it to the back or whatever the fuck they do with it. Right. It, it seemed inconclusive to me.
1: Well, I, I of all the statistics that I found most fascinating about it, that I think is the most telling point is if you have a vote that's counted, not after the election, because obviously you don't necessarily count all the ballots one night. We get that. I mean, the fact that, you know, you know, that you're going to wake up and all of a sudden Trump's going to be down when he was up, you know, the fact that everyone knew that, you know, and sort of knew that was happening is, is another issue, but you had ballots that were counted that were dated after the election
0: yeah that that to me i mean it seems to me kind of like, like no just throw that out because the bell rings and that's the end
1: yeah I because
0: mean, there's no end to it
1: right i mean it's like you know it's, it's a funny thing i'll use a boxing analogy everyone who's ever watched a boxing match everyone knows that after the bell rings there might be one or two punches as you're throwing and you can't stop momentum but they don't keep swinging for another 10 seconds after the bell rings. right it's like no rounds over right and in this instance, what I think people missed was if we think about it, for months leading up to the election, the Democrats kept saying, Trump is gonna be up on election night, and then because Democrats are all mailing in their ballots, you're really not gonna know on election night, it's gonna take a couple days because you gotta count all these ballots that are coming in from Democrat areas. And was some of that accurate because the Democrats really were pushing the don't vote in person because they were pushing the COVID thing? and to some degree yes but enough to overturn like an 800,000 vote lead in Pennsylvania that's where there're legitimate questions in Arizona the fact that it was called almost immediately you know on a race that was decided by about 10,000 votes if you want to give them credit for an accurate number yeah to say you're going to call it 2 minutes in
0: well you know I, it's just so there's i've a got lot a, wrong. you know i've got a couple takes on it one is uh you know, you you do the forensics and you go, okay, the body's dead. And that's the first thing. Okay, we lost the election. And uh, you have to win by enough that the politicos' thumbs on this collective scale, you have to win bigger than that, whatever that little push number is. Yeah. Okay? You, you almost have to. You have to win bigger than the cheating-up margin. And I think, I actually don't think that they, um, I don't think that they plan it. I don't think they organize it. I think it's part of the system.
1: To, to some degree, well, look, I think Rudy Giuliani, who was ridiculed for a lot of stuff, but one of the things he did talk about, and, and you and I are from New York originally, so it doesn't surprise you when you hear about something like in Philadelphia, where he talked about how they would ship voters in from New Jersey, because they knew New Jersey was reliably blue, it's not going to go Dem- It's not going to go Republican, but if we can take some of these guys, ship them into Philadelphia, to jack up the numbers in Pennsylvania, yeah. this is something we know they've been doing for decades. Right. It's not new. Right. It's just it doesn't get talked about right you know and then so when giuliani all of a sudden comes out and says this has been going on we know you and i know it because you know corrupt democrat politics if you come from a city like new york doesn't surprise you right but i think now that it's coming into states like arizona which is not used to no we're
0: not this is used to this back backroom machinery uh changing the sway of things
1: right and this is like one of those moments where you know they say adapt and overcome well we we've got to figure this out and I think to a degree, it comes to getting Republicans to realize, like I said, you got to give till it hurts. You got to stay on it. You've got to, you know, not be afraid to ask uncomfortable questions of people who are coming and saying, I want your vote or I want your support. I need and, your
0: help. And, and you, know what, you know what drives me crazy is I really feel like everything was done right. I'm just mad at my countrymen. I'm mad at my countrymen for being such fucking cunts because only a cunt would be mad at a guy because of his language when he's saving the country. Only a cunt would want the game to be called for the other guy over a technicality.
1: Oh no absolutely well, I think it's it is. a
0: bunch of cunts. And and, and you know what I I just have gotten so mad. I don't I have disdain for upper middle class white people now. I have disdain for them.
1: Well look I can I, I think the frustration is and I know the word that a lot of people use is white guilt, which I think There's an accuracy to that statement where, and you talk about, you know, the phrase of first world problem. Mm -hmm. I think the ultimate political first world problem is where you can sit there and say, we have historic economic growth. Gas prices are coming down. People are getting back to work. There's a new sense of pride in this country, a sense of we're back on our feet and back on the world stage with purpose, but because he hurt my feelings, because he he said you know mine's bigger than my yours my wife
0: told me so stephen colbert told me so jimmy fallon told me so
1: right you know and it's like and, and so all of a sudden it's like because a whole you know platoon of beta males comes out and says this is you know this makes me uncomfortable it's like well we weren't asking your opinion in the first place no
0: these skinny jean fucking wearing motherfuckers and it is it is this a whole beta male effeminized culture males in college while the rest of them have just basically abdicated out to man caves and video games, 60% women in colleges, effeminized universities, and a feminized nation. And there's never been an effeminized nation rise, not once.
1: Right. And here's the crazy thing. And I tell people the reason Donald Trump was successful is because at its core, if you strip all the crap away from it, at its core, the American people still respect a self-made, strong, I know who I am, I know where I stand, take me or leave it. That is an, that is an inherently American political value where we look at that and we, uh, you think of the presidents we traditionally celebrate, Teddy Roosevelt.
0: Oh, for sure, George Washington. George
1: Washington, Abraham Lincoln, you know, people we saw, at, Ulysses S. Grant. Right. Right. Men we looked at as leaders, as men who did not, it wasn't that they didn't apologize if they made mistakes, but it was this. This is who I am, and I have a certitude in my purpose. And you know, if if I put out a tweet, you know, like when he joked with uh, Kim Kim Jong Un, right, and he said, "My button's bigger than yours," right, which first I thought to, was first hysterical. Of all, fantastic! I thought it was hysterical. Fantastic! Right, and it's like, and and all the Democrats are freaking out that this is what's going to start World War Three. I'm like, really?
0: What will start World War III is a, uh, a, a hermit kingdom dictator with nuclear weapons, not someone saying, now, careful, youngster. And, and yeah. so what they, 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 they kind of put their blinders up. And what used to happen is a bunch of people from Columbia, Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, Princeton, and wherever else, huh. they would back channel messages to him, basically saying either appeasement or threatening, I suppose. We don't know because yeah. we didn't know. Right. He was saying it right out loud for the world to hear like, Hey, listen, don't fuck with us. I'll mm-hmm. drop the hammer on you. He was you know what he was doing? A dude was trying to take his lunch money and he punched him in the mouth.
1: No, exactly. And it's funny because we remember this worked with Ronald Reagan. Right? Remember, Ronald Reagan came out and said they call he called the Soviet Union an evil empire. His advisors told him, Don't say that, you'll right. upset Gorbachev. And it's like, and he's but like no one... he didn't elect me. Yeah. Right. The American people are, are, are with me. The crazy thing is with the Democrats is they are telling their traditional base which was your traditional working class i'll say socially conservative economically moderate union workers in the midwest Mm -hmm. this is why ohio is no longer talked about as a toss-up state ohio is now considered a reliably conservative state pennsylvania is moving in that direction wisconsin is moving in that direction well, and, and what's going on with Arizona? Are we moving, Lib? I don't think we are. I think in Arizona, I think what our problem is... I mean,
0: is all these fucking Californians coming in and they fucked it up? No. Or, or is, it, is it that...
1: Lack of organization. The Republican Party for about 20 years has been fighting a civil war in Arizona between your more moderate and more conservative Republicans. And as long as the numbers were good enough or overwhelming enough for us, we could overcome our own poor planning and our own stupidity. Now, Arizona, I believe, is still a red state. We just have to work at it. We have to get our people out there. But we are still a red state because, think about this, in last election, the Democrats spent over $2 million on legislative races. Legislative races. A legislative race in Arizona, not counting the district in Paradise Valley, which is in Scottsdale, which is outliers your average legislative race for the state house or state Senate can be won for 50 to a hundred thousand dollars to the average person. Yes. That's a lot of money, but in political campaign terms, it's not that much money. That's not a lot of money. Right. So they spent $2 million to take over the state legislature and they got zero. We held the line. We didn't pick up any seats, but there still is. So they threw more money at the legislature than ever before. And they couldn't, Pick up.
0: It seems like there's a crazy yeah. amount of uh, left activist money from outside They're Arizona coming here.
1: Steyer is one of them, uh, with all of his green energy crap. Bloomberg with his anti gun stuff. Yeah. What the Democrats are better at than Republicans is a lot of our bigger donors in the Republican Party will write the mandatory check to the RNC. They'll write it. You know, God bless. They'll, they'll write it to you know, for the president. For, for Trump, and then they'll say, okay, that's it. What the Democrats do, Steyer, Bezos, Bloomberg, Soros, all these guys, is they say, okay, we need to be able, like Soros did, we need attorney generals that are going to do what we want them to do. So rather than just giving the money to the DNC and hoping that they get it.
0: They picked candidates around the country.
1: We are going to create a structure That specifically exists to do this one job and we're gonna give it the money it needs and then we're gonna let it go and Republicans traditionally have not done that
0: what's it cost to run for attorney general
1: attorney general in this state you could probably it's about um, probably a million to two million dollar race
0: and I would say that's probably the same in 30 states and, until you get into the big until you get into California Texas Florida Pennsylvania or New York and, New York. Yeah, no, yeah. and, and then they're 10 or 20 or 40 or whatever because yeah, your
1: media there. buys are crazy
0: right so so for a third of the country a million dollars and for a billionaire 30 million dollars is cheap money to get one two-thirds of the state's attorneys generals yeah from your from your perspective
1: yeah no and it's and it's a and for someone like George Soros 30. 30 million dollars to George Soros would be like me saying, hey, I forgot to get lunch. Do you have five bucks so I can run over to QT and grab a hot dog?
0: You know, have you ever watched that series, Billions? Yes. I, I love watched, the show. Yeah, me too. I, I love the show. And and I, I think, uh, you know, how my perspective has changed since I was like a guy with a job and owned a house to, to the perspective I have now. The first time I kind of looked at the flow of my commercial bank account, I was like, oh, I, I don't need to look at that anymore. I'm going to go back to work. You get it. Yeah. your your perspective changes. I, yeah. I can't even imagine when they're in the multi-billion club how you're, you know, I don't even know if I ever run for office. I think from there, I think you could just dictate offices from there because it's not that much money.
1: Yeah, well, you used to have, there, there were a few people in the Republican Party who were those kind of mega donors. You had you know, the Sheldon Adelson's of the world.
0: Right, and the Koch um, brothers. And, you had
1: them, you had Steve Wynn. You mm-hmm. know, there, there were there, there were some, and, and there's a lot of others as, as it, well. Now
0: it's like a new hobby it is it's like if if you if you have a rocket ship or you have a rocket company or you maybe it's how you compete with the rocket company say well look you guys went you guys are building these rockets go to mars but you know i called the governors in four states you know i don't know it's some sort of billionaire bragging rights
1: yeah no but i think to a degree it i think there there's a there is something to be said for people who say i would rather be the influencer behind the scenes than be the guy in front of the camera
0: I think it's cowardly. Um, give me. Uh, you ever watch the McLaughlin Group when you were when you were younger? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. No. So I was. I just pulled the McLaughlin. So um, give me your three fixes. What are your three fixes for America?
1: Oh boy, I think the first thing is we've got to be able to have honest, open, fair elections. I personally am not opposed to, even though I understand that a lot of people might not like it. If your freedom is not worth once every two years to drive three minutes from your house to vote in person and what 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 are you doing right like we've we've we're trying freedom should not just simply be a convenience what do
0: you mean so what's your fix
1: get back to in person voting
0: absolutely in person because you can't be coerced they can't interpret your vote they can't run it three times it's right in front of you i totally agree okay so uh, uh let's just say uh, accuracy in voting okay right. so clear elections and, and 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 so let me I'm just devil's advocate here yeah. I would say as sloppy as it is and it's a it's millions and millions of transactions that happen in a short period of time no company has ever done that like this and it goes on in 50 states around the country it happens a, a, across a couple of hours and it's right. done with volunteers primarily right? right I think it's overwhelmingly accurate with built-in flaws that are favoring the wrongs you know they're favoring yep. the other side okay uh but i'm willing to take that if that's the cons- if it's consistently like that okay let's fight that battle then okay right. next okay I think- so so uh, uh, i the, one of the things that's given me uh happiness from the uh audit is okay there wasn't a big chinese algorithm that came in and stole it there isn't some huge discrepancy we're arguing over little nuanced things we cool. can fix it fine right. And, and so those are the, each one of those is a little battle you you maybe w- work on, but okay, this thing wasn't just walked away with, you know what? We just kind of lost it because his success got lost in his sloppy message and his bad debate, his bad debate tanked him.
1: The first, the first, I think if Trump had given his first debate performance, like the second one,
0: he would won. no problem, but, but so he just didn't win enough to overcome the sloppiness of our elections, which are shockingly accurate. Yeah. It's, as much as we hate it. You got it. I they, I'm, they count I, the
1: ballots that come in.
0: Yeah. You know, the, 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 um, there, there is some error, there is some sloppy and I think there's going to be almost no matter what you do. Um, and I know there's ways to do it better. We can all have that argument. Uh, you know, it's armchair quarterbacking at this point, we've been electing people this way with this kind of slop for 200 years.
1: Yeah. And I would say though, on the last point on that is that I don't think it's unreasonable and this kind of goes to the second fix. We have to get, we have to, as Americans, put in the time and invest the time to make sure that the people we are sending to office are the right people. Because it is not a difficult lift with enough Republicans, because Democrats won't do this. Purge our voter rolls of dead people. Fix the voter rolls so that if you don't live in Arizona anymore, you're not getting a ballot.
0: I agree with all those. Yeah. But my point is that, hey, you know yeah. what? I, I, I can take a loss. I'm okay with that. I can't take a cheat.
1: But that, that's what I'm saying is that when you have enough, there's enough questions even out of this audit.
0: You're right. There's enough yeah. questions that it warrants like, hey, it's time to clean up our act a little bit. But I actually don't think it's substantively changed everything.
1: And that, and that could be. And like you said, I can take a loss. Yeah. I can take an honest loss.
0: Let's go over your second one.
1: Okay. I think the second one, even though it's not as, as clean and crisp as the first one, mm-hmm. really is the call to everyone who cares about this country. It's got to be more than just checking their Facebook status. Being an American has to be more than that. We have to wake ourselves so, up.
0: So what you're saying is the second thing you would do to save America is have citizens more engaged.
1: We need citizens. It, it,
0: citizens who agree with you.
1: Yeah, well, that would be preferable. You know, okay. the old thing, I, I consider an agreeable person to be someone who agrees with me. Yeah. So that's, but yeah, I think that what we have to do, because there are a lot of good people who are trying to get in, and it's just... Last night, I was at a Republican Club meeting down in, in Santan Valley.
0: Thanks for the invitation, by the way.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. okay. So we're down in, in Santan Valley at a at a political meeting. 12 people show up. 12. In a hey. community of 120,000 people, 12 show up. Right. That is, that's a core part of this problem.
0: Well, and, and, and I'll tell you, as a guy that went to committee meetings in my precinct, They were a goddamn waste of time, and 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 nobody was running the club well. And I said, this is a fucking waste of my time. I'd rather be with my kids. And I went home.
1: Yes, and that is where eventually what we need to be able to have are people who are willing to say, whatever I got to do to either take over, change things, or if this isn't working, connect with other people who want to be action oriented, because the only because the Democrats have it locked in in terms of between their union support where they can literally just on a phone call.
0: Get a thousand right. people show up except for the president. Right. All right. So let's go to the third one. Okay.
1: The third one I think is, is an overall I'll say kind of a contract with America approach as Republicans. We have to be able to decide with a straight message from border security to our economic, basically what do we so really stand you, for?
0: So to, we need to put a fine point to the plank.
1: Yeah. We need to be able to say, this is to being a pro-American, America first Republican who cares about this country, this is what it means. This is what you're going to get with us. And I believe if we do that coherently and to the point, I think the majority of this country will stand with us. If we're not
0: afraid to say what we think. Here are my three things that save the country. First, two terms for senators, three terms for congressmen, two terms for president, uh, term limits.
1: That that's a good idea.
0: Okay. Second one. Sunset clause on all federal legislation 10 years. It has to be re it has to be passed again every 10 years. That's
1: a good idea. Part of the problem
0: we have with our legislatures is they essentially always take over a functioning country. Yeah. Everything's working. And yeah. so they want to make a name for themselves. They want to do something. So they go about fixing shit. Yeah. It's like uh, your nephew likes working on stuff and you get your mm-hmm. new car and he wants to, "Hey, let's open up the hood and see if we can they, they start tinkering around with what's working, and they fuck it up. Yep. So a sunset clause, what it would do is give thousands of statutes that are passed, thousands of federal uh, pieces of legislation. They would have to be renewed. Every quarter, there was going to be work from that quarter 10 years ago that has to be reviewed and renewed. Right. And so stuff that's not popular because of changing times, they won't even take it up. They'll let it die. Other stuff well, let's say they pass a uh, crazy uh, firearms piece piece of firearms legislation. Right. Now they all have to vote for it again. And you can't just squeak it by because of the happenstance of the moment. Right. You can't you can't squeak off the win on eBay because you sneak the best bin at the last moment you politically pull it off. You got to do it again in 10 years. I, right. mm-hmm. I think it would keep those fuckers busy from poking their nose in our life and it would give all of us freedom-loving Americans and safety-loving Americans yep. a chance for bad things to die.
1: Yes, no, that I agree with.
0: Okay, so term limits, sunset clause, third thing. Um, uh, let me. See. Oh, I had the third one just a minute ago, and I goddamn it, I just lost it. Oh, um, we have to approach the news differently. Okay, and I I don't have that completely fixed on what that is, but there has to be a penalty or a cost for your news organization being partisan. And the challenge with this is that news organizations have always been partisan, right? Yep. Every newspaper since the Revolutionary War has mm-hmm. picked their candidate, mm-hmm. uh, which means they're skewing the news all the time, which means they're propagandizing people. Right. So I feel like there needs to be some sort of, um, I don't know if it's legislation, I don't know, there's got to be some sort of way to block propaganda.
1: Right, or, because the only other alternative is to do what they do in England, not from the not from the controlling it part but from no one in in britain thinks of their media as honest everyone knows you've got liberal newspapers and liberal channels right. and conservative
0: right. which isn't healthy either
1: no but yeah and i think one other thing i would add and you made me think about it with term limits there was an amendment that was proposed back at the beginning of the constitution there were a couple states massachusetts virginia a few other states that proposed one amendment never saw the light of day and i think would actually help our economy and our situation greatly. A proposed amendment was that the Congress of the United States could not borrow money against the credit of the nation without a two-thirds vote of the House and Senate. And I think while we talk about new things Mm. we can add, Mm. no, go back to that one. Because if we implemented something just like that, along with term limits.
0: Because they were worried about a central authority spending everyone into oblivion, which is what's going on right now.
1: Yeah, and if you actually forced Congress to need two-thirds to just borrow money against the credit of the nation along with term limits.
0: It gets rid of the bullshit.
1: You would see a dramatic decrease in the size of the government almost overnight. You would so, see-
0: so I guess how do we get these folks who are in these positions to enact legislation in, that inherently restricts them in their positions and that's the catch-22 of our of our moment
1: and I think the easiest way to start as as frustrating as it is because obviously there are congressional candidates and senate candidates that that agree with that um but I think the way you actually cultivate that culture to where it permeates is you actually start locally where it's easier to get people elected and let them learn and grow and hold them accountable because it's way easier to show up to a city council meeting and and say hey you know jerk off we you know
0: we saw you. We caught you. Yeah. Or because well, You said you were going to do one thing and you did another. Right.
1: Congressman, they
0: start disappearing.
1: Cong- it's easier for a congressman and senator to sort of have that distance, especially if you're in Arizona, where it's easier to have that distance, where I don't have to be as accountable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now, we're lucky in Arizona where we've got some good congressmen, yeah. but we've also got the Raul Grijalvas of the world who don't care.
0: What do you think about um, uh, Walt Blackman coming along?
1: I think Walt, who I know personally, he's, yeah. a, he's a good friend. He's a hard worker. Um, I think, com- obviously, well, compared to Tom O'Halloran, just about, you know, cheese sandwich,
0: it's better. Can he, can he beat O'Halloran?
1: I believe he can, because I believe what O'Halloran's doing by trying to get as much federal money into the Navajo reservation as possible because of how he's they bu- got He's hit. buying
0: the Navajo votes.
1: That's what he's trying to do is to lock up that flank. That's what that maneuver is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound nice, especially if you're Navajo, to hear that yeah, it's not... You're being a, used. Yeah, but that's right. what it is. Call spade is spade.
0: Yeah, so it's another white guy buying
1: Indians, basically that's that's an interesting way of putting it yeah okay yeah you know, so that I think that he so O'Halloran's trying to buy his his seat again because with redistricting his concern is if it becomes slightly more Republican he might have a problem right Walt Blackman I know is a hard worker you know um I, know, I really like him he, he's a he's a very good guy he's a hard worker his district knows him I mean he he fought for that win when he got in the legislature the first time yeah and so. I always tell people, I'll take a candidate that doesn't raise as much money, but will put 15, 16, 17 hours into his campaign. Yeah, that guy will win because voters get to know him. People meet him. Boy, there's a say. lot to be
0: said. You know, I I heard an old phrase. You know, say how do you get to how do you get to know a million people? And he says, well, you got to go introduce yourself to a million people. There, that's one way to doing it. The other way is you you know kill somebody on TV. But you know. You yeah. get hard to get elected that way. Yeah, no, no.
1: Killing people <laughs> I think it worked for Andrew Jackson and then I think he's the last one we yeah, ever la- had. Last one did it. But yeah, so I think that's that's you know, there are some really good people out there, you know. So.
0: Well listen, thanks for coming in today. Absolutely. Um we're gonna uh we're gonna wrap things up and let you and me get on with our days. Um I hope it was uh worth coming in.
1: No, a- absolutely. And and if I can at least put in one quick shameless plug.
0: Shamelessly plug.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, there there are some great candidates out there. I, I'll know. I'll, I'll just at least introduce a couple of them to you. We talked about Mark Finch, especially for people who care about ele- election integrity. You know, check his campaign out. He's a great guy. Obviously, he's just endorsed by Donald Trump. He's the only guy running for secretary of state right now that's actually been on top from day one with this audit who can speak to it, who cares about, you know, that that's the pinnacle point of his, of his campaign. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got great other conservatives out there, people like Darren Mitchell, who's running. If you're How a about Gosar? Gosar is a hard worker. I love him. He was my congressman for a long time. He's a, he's a Man, fighter.
0: I, I really like him. He
1: is a fighter. Oh. And you know, there, there's a reason why his district always reelects him with about 67 to 70% of the vote.
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome.
1: He he's, a, he's a fighter. So we've got some really great candidates that are out there who are trying to make a difference
0: see so, so you tell me what i need to do you're going to tell me what i need to do to get position myself to run for governor absolutely all right because i want to run for governor
1: sounds perfect i'd be happy to help
0: it's i probably got some stuff i need to clean up in my past you know i've told a few people to f off and popped a couple of people i don't know if that's going to come back to haunt me
1: well i'll put it this way if you if, if you're ever concerned you can always run as a democrat
0: <laughs> hey thanks for coming in great hey, having you. thank you, you. all right everybody pleasure uh thanks for going there you know it's called going there with greg because we're going to go there where other people maybe sometimes won't go we will go there uh next week hookers and blow all right i'm out